This is the Hockey News Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Hockey News Podcast presented by BetMGM and Sherwood. I'm Steve Nels. Joining me as always is Ryan Kenny. Ryan, how you doing? Pretty good. How's it going? Good. It's. Uh, I, I was going to ask how your week was, but uh, for transparency reasons, uh, this is about an hour after we recorded our last podcast. That's right. So I already know how your week went. Exactly. So uh, if Let's you dive right in, if you haven't caught up, we're uh, we're doing a bunch of previews on all the divisions. It's something that's actually been really popular for the show for a long time. We did the Pacific already. Now we're going to the Central, and this one. I'm excited to talk about this. The defending Stanley Cup champions are in this division. Will they win the cup again? We'll see. But let's get right into it. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the Arizona Coyotes. And Coyotes fans, I know you guys are probably tired about hearing everyone say you suck. I, I get it. Uh, we, we had a story on the website that basically talked about the burning questions for the Coyotes. And I think some Coyotes fans missed the fact it was part of a series where every team was getting criticized. Uh-huh. Um, but it was something where it's like, oh, you guys don't have a, a huge arena you guys like your ECHL team has a bigger arena than you blah 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 I will say I'm would love to go to a game in Arizona I I think we've talked about that before I think that is going to be one of the coolest experiences Mm -hmm. um this is something where we look back it's when they get a new arena and hopefully it goes successful we could say that was pretty cool unique different let's not see another small arena but uh I I want hockey to work in Arizona because Mm -hmm. mostly because the fan base has dealt with so much crap over the years relocation blah 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 I just want them to succeed here so and they've got some interesting players. This year, however, is not going to be an interesting season for them uh, from an on-ice perspective. Yes. Uh, it, they are kind of seen as the salary cap, cap dump team uh, once again. If we're looking, though, at what's kind of the positives for this team, what would you say? I mean, you know, the positives I would say is that they're kind of clear in the decks for a new era um, under GM Bill Armstrong. They're most likely going to have a very high pick in the 2023 draft and you know it is a draft with some life-changing prospects at the top Connor Bedard Adam Fantilli you know Matthew Mitchkoff and you know Mitchkoff may or may not be the best fit because he is under KHL contract but his contract will be done by the time this new arena is built that's a good point yeah so maybe yeah they're willing to wait that long you're gonna call it the Matthew Mitchkoff (laughs) arena that there you go that'd be great um, but anyway, so, you know, you're, and you just picked up Logan Cooley in the draft. Mm-hmm. He could be a very good center of the future for you. And he'll be at the University of Minnesota this, uh, this fall. In terms of the actual on-ice product, you know, I thought Ghost Bear, you know, s- still kicking it on the blue line. Uh, you know, Jacob Chikrin, I think of, there's always been, I shouldn't say always, but there's been so much trade, tra- trade talk around Jacob Chikrin lately but to me, that feels like the one cornerstone that you hang on to if you're Arizona because he has mm-hmm. still at least a decade of great hockey in front of him. So by the time everybody else catches up, you're still going to have a great number one defenseman in Jacob Chikrin. Um, so I would say, yeah, the, you know, the defense core looks all right. You know, mm-hmm. you've got some, it's going to be a very defensive defense core when you look at guys like Josh Brown and Patrick Nemeth. Um, up front, they're going to struggle for certain, um, but I, I think it is going to be a cool atmosphere at Mullet Arena, and uh, and it is great that it's called Mullet Arena. Mm-hmm. I know it's named after the family uh, that helped start the Arizona State hockey program, uh, but yeah, 
I think it's it's going to be a year where fans are going to be looking towards the future. Um, I'd love to see Dylan Gunther crack the lineup mm-hmm. and 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 get some minutes there up front. Um, but otherwise, just uh, you know, enjoy that new rink. If you have your copy of your book, make sure to follow along with the teams by team. You can see the depth charts and some of the things that we're referencing here. On our depth chart, though, we do have Travis Boyd as the number one centerman. And the sad thing is that that's probably right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not like that's a mistake. It's like Travis Boyd might legitimately be the number one center on this team, which is not a good spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have Nick Bukestad. Never, kind of fell off a little bit in the last couple of years. Uh, Barrett Hayden just hasn't been the guy. To me, the player I'm looking forward to most is Nathan Smith. Had a good college season. Fair. Uh, made the Olympic team. I think that there's there might be something there as mm-hmm. kind of like a guy who can move himself up the lineup. Um, Arizona's had a couple of those guys over the last couple of years. But when you look at the scoring depth, and this will be going to the negatives, is Zach Cassian your best right winger behind Clayton Keller? Yeah. That's that's not good. Nick Schmaltz, I, I like Nick Schmaltz. Uh, Lawson Krause is Lawson Krause. Nick Ritchie, uh, he, he had some good moments kind of – I will say they'll be hard to play against. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, there there could be some punching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Cassian, Kraus, you know, Christian Fisher's a big guy, Nick Ritchie, you know, like, they're not going to get pushed around, that's no. for sure. And, and even on defense, it's not the not the craziest great defense, but, like, Connor Timmins could still be something for this team. Totally. You know, he's, he's missed some time, but I think he could be something. Uh, and, and Dyson Mayo, one of the best names in hockey, he's also, like, he's not a bad defenseman who could play top-pairing minutes on this team. So, um, and, and let's just also point out, goaltending was not their biggest issue last year either. So, mm-hmm. if Veljmeka, who... I will not forget, last year we were talking about Arizona. We were trying to remember who the heck he was. That's right. Because he kind of came out of nowhere, yeah. and uh, he actually looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that alone, I think, is ex- exciting if you want to look at some positives to Exciting-ish. go with the negatives. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess, what, what's your X factor? Well, I, I mean, the X factor really is, you know, I mean, it's going to be Vejmelka because if he can – shut the door, then they'll get some wins. You know, if he can steal some games, that's great for them. It's funny. I mean, expectations for this team are so low, but at the same time, the expectation is that they're going to get a high draft pick that will help them in the future. So it's it's a weird year in that respect. Like, we know, you know, they're in a tank position. That's mm-hmm. for sure. They're, they're going to have a very difficult time scoring. Um, and, yeah, if Vejmelka can't hold the fort, then they're going to give up a lot of goals as well. Um, so I'll, I'll call him the X factor, even though it's like losing is kind of good for them. I'd say the one X factor is, you know, like Clayton Keller is your offensive driver here. There's no Phil Castle anymore. If Clayton Mm -hmm. Keller could be healthy, we we know what he could do and continue to kind of take some more steps towards, he's going to be a key part of that team's future. He has to be, um, Mm -hmm. because right now it's that they're starting to get some good prospects. And I do think that that's something to look forward to. So, uh, I think there's less of a clear path on where this team's going to be in the next couple seasons because their prospect base is still kind of growing. Yeah. But they're in a spot where I'm still kind of like, you know what? Arizona Coyotes. You know what you're getting this year. You know what what's going to happen. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. You're not expecting it to be pretty. Uh, let's just keep building towards hopefully kind of like almost a refresh when that ring comes out. For sure. Uh, and uh, I, I want hockey to work in Arizona. And I know yeah. the we know the NHL does. For so. sure. Uh, all right. The next one is – oops, my uh, – the computer screen just uh, give me one second here as I'm trying to get my notes up. Uh, the the next one is the Chicago Blackhawks. Indeed. And uh, this is uh, well, if any team made it obvious, they were tanking. 
other than Arizona, mm-hmm. it's the Chicago Blackhawks where their their roster is a skeleton of what it was last year. You still got Patrick Kane, still got Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taze, Seth Jones. You know, yep, yeah, hit, can be hit or miss, but I thought he had a fantastic World Championship, and maybe that turns into something here. Um, what do you like about the Chicago Blackhawks? Well, I mean, they still have some high-end elements. And, you know, if, if I'm going to be cynical, they have some pretty great trade bait in <laughs> the, you know, the guys of, of Patrick Kane in particular, where, you know, that's a name that's been in the rumor mill for, for quite some time now. So, yeah, this is a team that, you know, we're expecting to, you know, rebuild, get a bunch of prospects and, you know, make a new era of it. You know, I, you know the blue line led by Seth Jones – I. There's some exciting young players, and I, I like that there's going to be battles where you got Riley Stillman. You know, I've always been a big Alex Vlasic fan. Alec Regula's got great size as well back there. You know, the offense, you know, a guy like Lucas Reichel, this could be a year where he really kind of establishes yes. himself as an NHLer, and, and that's a great building block for future Chicago teams. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot that can be accomplished by this Chicago team. It, it's not going to be wins. No. I know. But, you know, they can really set the table for the future and do so with leaders like Jonathan Taves and, if Patrick Kane's still there, Seth Jones. So at the least, Taves and Seth mm-hmm. Jones, you have leaders there that can shepherd along the kids, and that's always important. I, I want to see a guy like Alex Vlasic kind of come in here and be like, yo, I'm good defenseman. I want. I, he was a guy that I really liked as a prospect. I'd mm-hmm. like to see what he could do. Um, but in terms of offense, like you know, this team is missing to Cat. It's missing Strom. It's missing some key pieces and everyone. Kirby Doc. Um, you add Max Domi into that mix. Max Domi, we like on and off, but when he's on, he's on. Yeah. And Athanasiu is a very fast player um, who could start. You know, this is a, this is a good role for him. Maybe he'll he'll kind of show something there. The downside is. A lot of things. Um, goaltending being one of them, for sure. Yep. Uh, if Peter Mrazek and Alex Delaga are your two goalies, it's not good. And, and this is a team that had Flurry last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Kevin Lankin was pretty good the year before that, too. Mm. Um, is it something where, like, if Mraz- when Mrazek's healthy, and healthy for a consistent period of time, he's put up good numbers in his career. Yeah. Um, when we looked at him going to Toronto last year, it's like, this guy might be the starter. And then... I never said that. Well, some people, <laughs> yes, he, when he was healthy in Carolina, he was not hurting the team right. necessarily. It, yeah. Like, he wasn't, he's he's Peter Erratic for a reason, but he's, yeah. it's it's something where he still can be. He should know. be a backup. Like, yeah, he should be. He should not be the starting goalie at this point, yeah. but he could be a decent backup. The issue yeah. is he's not a backup. He's a starting goalie, and he's got so many injury concerns yeah it's ugly and let's not forget that outdoor game against buffalo sabers who boy mm. he was basically the reason that the leafs lost that one yeah. um so uh, that's that's a scary position it certainly is and again you know our expectations are not for chicago to be a competitive team this year this is a team in transition and you know you bring in guys like Mrazic and Stalock, you're you're kind of signaling that you're not you know <coughs> trying to make a big run here but, you know, they are NHL goalies, you know, at the bottom tier of said, you know, tiers. Um, but, you know, they'll be semi-competent. And, you know, for me, the X factor on this team is Patrick Kane because um, he has continued to play at a high level yep. the past couple of years mm-hmm. uh, and been excellent offensively. 
how long is he in town? Is it the whole year? Is it the trade deadline? Is it earlier? If you got a great package and a team wants to move, given his salary, it's probably closer to the trade deadline. That's a tough move. That, that's it is a tough move. I mean, maybe Chicago swallows some because it is the last year of the contract, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, so maybe a team, you know, maybe Chicago swallows part of it to, to facilitate the trade and they get an extra pick, for example, in that what will be a blockbuster deal. But that is the big question is what do the Hawks look like in the future? Who's still around and what assets do you get for the guys that you trade? You're not getting fair value, I think, if you're trading Patrick Kane. But you kind of know that. Most because like he's still a top player in the league. Yeah. He still puts up a lot of goals. Um, but he'd probably go to a contender if you're trading with the deadline. Well, that contender's not going to give up a lot of pieces. They're, they're mortgaging the future if you're bringing in him. Yeah, And, and that, he will be a rental. Yes, rental, which makes me think, man, it's like, I still think he, I think Tampa's going to end up with them. Interesting. Um, just feel like, I, I know we talked about that topic a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, now it's like, oh, I feel like Tampa's going to find a way. They'll trade every draft pick they have, but <laughs> it'll be it'll be worth it. Um, so it's going to be expensive. It, for me, that also leads into the X factor is, will Kane and Taze be here uh, at the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if anyone's going to be there, it'll probably be Taze. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Taze kind of finishes his career out there. Like, yep. This is a guy that missed like an entire season not long ago. Yeah. Maybe he ends up saying after his contract, you know, let's let's not prolong this anymore. Let's just call it quits. Who knows? That's just speculation. Mm-hmm. With Kane, I feel like he's still got a couple good years of hockey. So he'll go somewhere and still play well. Um, obviously, the, in the X Factor, for good teams, it's a difference maker. In the Blackhawks, it's like what they might get in a trade for this guy. But totally. uh, it's something where that's just kind of how you have to look at it. Yeah, for sure. It's not, it's not like it matters what the goalies do. <laughs> no. It's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. And this will be kind of a – it'll be, I think, kind of a, a bittersweet year for Chicago fans because you could see some big names move. and But you are looking forward to the next generation. Yeah, which, you know, the Blackhawks were, were pretty miserable before they got Kane and Taze. Very true. And they got a lot of Santa Cups out of them. They certainly did. So um, you got to hope to look for the future, but this is not this year. And – and not they know the, it. Not the present. They know it. If you're a Blackhawks fan, you know it. It's been a few <laughs> year, tough years on and off the ice. Yeah. You guys are probably going to want something to cheer about. This will not be the year, unfortunately. No. Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team that I was convinced was going to win a Stanley Cup um, by now. And they yeah. haven't. And a lot of it, some of it was out of their control. It seemed like their blue line just collapsed like in one summer. Yeah. Um, and then they... Last year, if some key guys were not playing up to their weight, like we know Connor Hellebuck could be uh, a superstar goalie. For sure. He was not a superstar goalie last year. Uh, we know that uh, Mark Scheifele didn't seem to be his same. Dubois had a good year. Is Dubois going to be there? Is Blake Wheeler going to be there the whole year? Is Scheifele, are they just going to trade everybody? Mm-hmm. You don't think so because this is a, a Jets team that still believes in what they have, and they should. They yeah. still have a decent team, mm-hmm. um, but there's still a lot of holes in this group. But when you're looking at positives, what are you looking at? Well, for start, I mean, there's, there is still a lot of talent there. You know, Kyle Connor, I think, now is the guy uh, mm-hmm. in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, Nikolai Ehlers has always been a great dynamic player. You know, Shifley and Dubois and Wheeler, you know, great veteran presences. You know, Cole Perfetti coming up. Uh, you know, Josh Morrissey on the back end. Um, and then, obviously, you mentioned Connor Hellbuck and Nett. So they have a lot of talent, and they have, you know, a variety of ages and experiences and skill sets. Um but to me, what's most what I like the most is 
Rick Bonus comes in as coach. Yes. And we know coach. from his tenure in Dallas that he can really lock things down. Um, you can have a really good defensive shell uh, when Rick Bonus is coaching you. I felt like, you know, Paul Maurice, as beloved as he was in Winnipeg, he never got them over the hump. No. Uh, and then, you know, when he was replaced by Dave Lowry, by Dave Lowry, it just got a bit worse. Um, they just didn't have any cohesion there. So with bonus, you know what you're getting as a coach. At least I think I would, mm-hmm. we know what you're getting. And I think it could cover up a lot of the holes that the Jets have. And... You know, you, you look at the defense core, it's a pretty decent defense core, but, you know, it's got some players that you still need some growth from. Um, you know, Logan Stanley and Dylan Sandberg, for example, example, Billy Hainala, it's like felt like he was almost an NHLer right away, mm-hmm. and then they kind of pulled him back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's a little work to do there, but I, I feel like with Bonus's system, that could cover up a lot of trouble areas. So assuming he gets buy-in from everyone mm-hmm. – this could be a team that's not really sexy to watch, but grinds out maybe a few more wins than expected. Yeah, I, I still like this group. I still have some belief in them. The sixth in the central also just shows you how kind of strong the central could For be. For sure. Um, because you've still got a top goalie, Kyle Connor. you still got him. Uh, Shifley, you got Wheeler. Cole Perfetti, we should expect some stuff out of him. Ehlers, like Dubois. That's your top six. That's a darn good top six. It certainly is. And you could do worse than Adam Lowry on your third line type thing. So this is a – the bottom six is not the, the greatest bottom six I've ever mm. seen, but, like, that, that top six alone looks good. Mm. Uh, Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, uh, Nate Schmidt, like, those are – Dylan DeMello, like, th- those aren't bad names either. So this is a good group that has some holes. And to me, the X factor, if we're going straight to that topic, yeah. is – all those names that have been rumored to be on the move, will one of them actually get moved? Yeah, and, you know, I I think the X factor and the kind of what I don't like are kind of the same thing, which is, like, the cohesion of this team and just the general... Just the general vibe. Because you do have talks about guys, you know, wanting to go, and you do have a new coach coming in. Mm -hmm. You know, how are they going to react to Rick Bonus? I mean, he's certainly not a pushover. And we've seen that. I mean, he can be... And they're not tied to him either. It's not like they have a long-standing relationship. Exactly. With the- Coming in yeah. brand new. So this could go one of two very different ways. I mean, if you get buy-in, then you could have a team that, you know, threatens for a playoff spot. And if they get in, they're one of those first-round teams who are like, oh, this is going to be a brutal series. Like, why do we have to play the Jets right away, you know, based on how they play? Uh, or it could just be a catastrophe. We don't know. I mean, again... With the personalities they have, it feels like there's been something missing in Winnipeg for a long time now where it just hasn't clicked. They didn't make a ton of roster moves. You know, like Paul Stastny is gone. Um, you know, you Jenny know, Sveshnikov never really made a dent there. You know, Eric Comrie was a backup or third-string goaltender. He was, he was a good backup, actually, last year. Good backup, good yeah. Uh, but, you know, not a difference maker. No. So... What will get these Jets back on track? Is it Rick Bonus? Is it moving a player or two? That's my X factor. So that's the thing. They, they didn't really lose anything too crazy. Nope. But they also didn't bring anybody in. True. Like Dave Riddick was like the only guy, yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. of note that they brought in. And yeah. even then, it's like we saw how that ended in Nashville. So, yeah. Uh, and how it's been since he's left Calgary. So um, I, I still have some belief in this Jets team, like I said. But like the coercion part, it's like, 
how many of these guys really want to be here long term? Mm-hmm. And the, you know, there's you'll see fans online say, "Why would you want to go to Winnipeg? Like their winters suck." It's like, well, you know, there's a lot of people who say Winnipeg summers are awesome, and there's some great things in Winnipeg. I've never been to Winnipeg, but I've heard a lot of great things. I also have, and so uh, you know, I. I Feel like a lot of people who are trashing this city have never been there, mm-hmm. um, but when it comes to this team, you you want these like Dubois got a one year deal. He could leave like next year. He could be traded, and, and there's other guys here. It's like so that's concerning. Uh, Winnipeg has had an issue when it comes to like keeping their star talent long term, and they've obviously had Shifley his whole career, and they've had Wheeler, but there's been other guys like Line A leaving him, and like that that hurts. And yeah. of course, you get Dubois, but it's like then if you then trade Dubois, and Line A is going out there and playing well with Columbus, and it's like, well, yeah, okay, that didn't work out. But um, you you want to see these guys play as to their what they're capable of. Yeah, and I I think that that's the question. Mm-hmm. So Winnipeg Jets, we have them sixth. I I feel like they could ten for even third. But that's how close the central division. Yeah, is. yeah. it's like what, when I say fourth is their ceiling. Well, see, if we're looking at Minnesota as the third, right? If I'm going off of one thing that really stands out to me, it's Winnipeg's offense. Yeah, like their potential, hmm. and that that excites me a bit more. But you right. got to do more than just score. All right, Dallas Stars, and this one is a really fun one. I think you've yeah. got Jake Cottinger, who's been—he was like the story of the first round of the playoffs. He—he he should have won the Smythe off, off of just one round. He was that <laughs> good, uh, not really. Um, but he was a guy that I thought looked, or that, that's gonna—he's like, got a great future ahead of him. And then you look at Dallas; they went on and lost John Klingberg, but uh, and they also lost Radulov, if I'm correct. That's not really a loss these days. Um, but. This is something where they haven't signed Jason Robertson at the time of this recording. So probably by the time you hear this, I'm assuming because training camp's on, he yep. will have signed. Um, let's say he is. Um, there's still a lot to like about Dallas, but I feel like they're in a spot where they're not going to be – they're not a fun team to play against, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're going to push the envelope too much. But if we're looking at positives, what are you saying? Well, you know, we talked about San Jose in the Pacific Division and how, you know, we haven't quite seen the wave of prospects graduate the way the Sharks needed them to. Dallas saw that wave, right? So Jason Robertson, Rupi Hintz, um, you know, Miro Heskinen, Dennis Gurianoff. These are all players that are making an impact on this team. Uh, Jason Robertson in particular. And then, of course, Jake Ottinger. You know, him and Robertson are sort of the top of the pile there. Uh, you know, Jake Ottinger, you know, I think he's going to, take an even bigger step this season now that he really knows he's the guy right like never forget we weren't sure if ben bishop was going to play at this time last year it didn't look good but we weren't sure yeah they had about 14 goalies signed yeah they brought in braden holtby uh it turns out ottinger was the answer in the end so they just gave him a another fat contract Mm -hmm. so he's got that security is also still in the the system too Yeah, yeah yeah very true so um what I like is I like all that youth, and then they still have that veteran core that can help out, but now the pressure's sort of off those guys. Having said that, Joe Pavelski, <laughs> apparently ageless because he's, he's 24, yeah. Yeah, he's still playing some of the best hockey of his entire career. Um, so I, I like the mix there, and you know, I, I like the defense core uh, for the most part. It's got a good combination of skill sets led by Heskinen. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. What they're like under new coach Pete DeBoer versus old coach Rick Bonus, uh, who we just actually talked about. But uh, yeah, I, I think Dallas is another one of those teams where 
you know, when we were putting together this yearbook, the Central was so difficult because so many teams were packed in tight. So we have them fifth, but again, if they finished third uh, or even second, I wouldn't like, you know, freak out. Like they have that capability. So they lost Klingberg, they lost uh, Radulov, they lost Sakara, they lost uh, Holpe, but the one guy they brought in was Mason Marchman. Yeah. That's a big bonus for their scoring because Indeed. it's like if Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan are done being impact offensive players, mm. well, then you got a guy that's going to probably be that. And, you know, he played in a Florida system that gave him a lot of opportunities, and Dallas should give him those chances again. Not as good of a team, but that's a big impact player for them to go out and get when, you know, they didn't really go and make an impact pick up anywhere else. Um, uh, I know the one thing that talk about strengths on for sure but uh, Scott Wedgwood has had some good hockey in his career he's a decent backup and this is a kind of an unknown quantity type thing for mm-hmm. the goaltenders here because Jake Andrews as good as he was in the playoffs in the end of that their last season he still has a pretty small sample size true and we've seen a lot of really good goalies have these great runs and they then just kind of fall off a cliff mm. uh Bennington being one example and he caught up and he played again really good near the end of yeah. the playoffs last year memory being another that hasn't really figured it out yet so you gotta ottinger is probably of those three the one that had the most like pedigree at this point in their career it's like we we knew andre was gonna be a pretty good goalie yeah um and he's just getting started now and i think that he's going to be such a huge difference maker but i do think wedgwood's actually a pretty decent backup goalie and cost him basically nothing to get him um when it comes to what i don't like about this team is go goes back to my actually my, my x factors too which is Sagan and Ben, yeah. two of the highest paid guys on the team, yeah. not looking like they're much anymore. And yeah. you gotta find some way to at least get Sagan back mm-hmm. to move. And he's had injuries and he's never looked the same. Ben is just getting older at this point and he's not really producing. You need at least one of those guys to step up here because you need more offensive options. For sure. And yeah, if they're healthy and they can be effective, then that's great. I almost wonder if, you know, if the scoring's not there anymore for those guys, then Turn him into shutdown guys. You know, Sagan's smart. Ben is physical and nasty. <clears throat> you have Jason Robertson. You have Ruby Hintz. You, know, you have Pavelski still going strong. You have Mason Marchman coming in. Um, get something for Sagan and Ben. Because you can't trade them with those contracts. Um, so you got to get some value for them. So I would agree on that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that that's tough when you got the, the expensive guys not really living up to what they could do. But they're older. Which is funny to think about Sagan's doesn't feel that old, but it's true. It's like we it wasn't that long ago with the Tyler Taylor conversation. That was that was one of the first drafts I was so invested in all year long. And it was like this is so cool. It wasn't like I just started paying into the draft like five minutes beforehand, like before. It's like this one, let's see where these guys are yeah. gonna go. Sagan, I wanna see him continue to do what he could do, but uh the fact is you bring in Mason Marchman, that might take some of the load off. Mm-hmm. That's good. Is Tidy Landria gonna be something? Yeah. That's another question. I, I like to see him become something, but Dallas is going to be a tough team to play against. I will say that if, if we're talking about a team that's supposed to be them in Nashville or no, them in Winnipeg will be teams you don't really want to play a lot. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Nashville, as I just leaked there, uh, they're number four for us. And wow, UC Saros, that was a fun, fun run to watch with him last yeah. year. But then Matt Duchesne and Ryan Hansen and those guys, Duchesne alone was like to me the story of that first season sure. in Nashville. Comeback player of the year. And no one had kind of expected that. We were <clears throat> by, by accident when we were looking at our, we were like trying to wonder, like, 
we we had a, took out the old yearbook by accident when we were trying to research this. I'm like, why is Nashville like seven? Like, yeah, behind where's Chicago? Ryan McDonough? It's like this roster doesn't make sense, and it's like, oh wait a minute, yeah, sorry, wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Nashville fourth makes a little more sense. Um, this is a team that had a really rough first round against Colorado, to yeah. say the least, um, and part of that was due to not having their starting goalie. Now, granted, you have to be good enough to win games without your starting goalie. Colorado did. This is, this is uh, that's how they won the Stanley Cup. But um, the this is a uh, I still like this team. They're still fun to watch. Roman Yossi's still well, as good as he can be. He's still playing mm. incredible hockey. Uh, and now the big question for me is whether or not those uh, the comeback man last year, Duchesne, could do it again. But yeah. what do you like about this group? Well, you know what? I love the Ryan McDonough pickup. You know, he was kind of a casualty of the cap in Tampa Bay. But, you know, this is just a guy that contributes in so many different ways. He's a veteran. He has championship rings. And, you know, to put him on the same blue line as Roman Yossi and Matthias Ekholm, that's just such a luxury for a Nashville team that has historically been strong on defense. And, you know, excuse me, in recent years, you, you lose Ryan Ellis. Things weren't as tight as they used to be, but you had Yossi elevating his game. So I love McDonough coming in. Um, you know, I, I love their wingers, right? Forsberg and Duchesne, you know, 40 goal scorers last year. Um, Tanner Janot got some sort of down ballot Calder love, different kind of player where, you know, he's physical, he can fight, he can score as well. Nino Niederreiter comes in. There's another guy that can just kind of like lean on you and get you some offense. So I think, you know, the, the, the scoring balance is going to be pretty good there. And, yeah, in Saros, you have a, a great regular season goalie who we haven't seen him have any playoff success yet. To me, that's still a big question mark because uh, you know my bias against smaller goalies. Yep. Um, really? No, of, I, didn't, I don't know. That. I know. It hasn't come up before. Uh, but in terms of what I like, yeah, I think they've got some, some great scoring depth now, and I, I like the defense score. The defense score is very hard to play against. They got a good goaltender at, at Forsberg and Granlin and Duchesne, and those guys all do what they do. Tough team to play against. They added Nino Niederreiter, who um, still could be a fifty-point guy, I think. Um, yeah, you got uh, Tolvanen, who you just come on, take the next step, please. Go to the please, net. Please do something. Yeah. Uh, we know you're talented, and just you don't really show it. It seems like um, this. I think it's hard to say they're not a better team than they were before last year. I think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe we see the – like Kevin Lankinen might be the backup, but maybe we see Askarov before the season's over. Maybe. It's Connor Ingram. Like, there's actually some decent options. Yeah. I, I feel more confident in their goalie situation this point than I did even in the playoffs last year. Sure. Uh, well, part of that was because their starting goalie was hurt. But right. um, they, they've got some guys that I think will will do something here. Mm-hmm. So when, when Saros isn't – in that, I think they're in better shape. Because mm. even even though Lincoln is probably not the greatest option, he still was a starter for a bit in Chicago. And then when Fleury was gone, he was the guy there. So he's got experience taking a lot of load. And mm. I think he could do that for them. Because uh, you want Saros to be ready for the playoffs and find that playoff success. It's for not sure. necessarily his fault, especially last year, obviously. Yeah. Um, but um, your X factor with this group. My X factor is their, their centers. Because we know they have... Great scoring punch on the wings. Um, you know, Michael Granlin, Ryan Johansson, the, you know, both of them all have always been sort of like 1B kind of centers, like not true number one centers. Uh, although, you know, Johansson in the past 
um, you know, a pretty great playmaker back in the day. Um, but do they have the center depth to hang with some of the big boys mm-hmm. in either the, the division or the conference? You know, like, do you have the team that can get past Nathan McKinnon? Do you have the team that can get past Connor McDavid and or Leon Dreisaitl? I think that, you know, they're not a fun team to play in the playoffs, but... Well, Colorado says otherwise. (laughs) I'm not sure if they're built for a long run just yet. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see a lot out of Tolvin. Like, this is a good, like, we just talked about it, but it's like, it's like, he could play on the power play in 2020, 2021. He was good at that. Last year, it seems like he was hitting more than he did. Put it all together, man. Yeah. Dude, like, there was a reason you were, like, one of the top young guys going on. And, Mm -hmm. um, I a couple of years ago I used to I had this thing where I declared who I picked as my international player of the year and I think it was like 2018 the year that told him and like went off on everything and it's like this guy was so good everywhere he played yeah he was amazing and I would love to see that but the problem is I feel like every year we're saying that now and yeah. it's like are you going to take that step I don't know at this point mm. um, but if he's there then you've got the wingers being Duchesne you've got Niederreiter you got Forsberg and you got Tolan and like that's a that's pretty hot. That's good. Yeah. But you need Tolvanen to like take his load there because yep. it, it hasn't been what we look at. Uh, by the way, it looks like Candle is getting a holiday next Monday. I hear. Yeah. So it sounds like it's becoming official. There you go. Um, very important for all of our American and European viewers, I guess. Not really. I would assume they get holiday too. But. Um, all right. Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the perennial can you do something more team. Yes. And you know what? They've got a darn good goalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, older, though. Uh, they've got one of the best forwards in the league. Yep. They lost Kevin Fiala, though. And yes. that's uh, a huge thing. Um, but when you're looking at the Minnesota Wild, what do you like? Well, I mean, it, obviously it starts with Kirill Kaprizov. Um, you know, superstar. I mean, I think it's fair to say like he's the most electric player the franchise has ever had. Barry Gabrick yeah. would have been the other option. He might get Hart Trophy. Very possible. Yeah, very possible. And with Fiala gone, obviously he's going to have to be even more spectacular. Um, you know, I like Matt Boldy. I think that, you know, he, his pro career is off to a good start and he could be uh, very important. It'll be interesting to see if Marco Rossi can crack the lineup. Obviously he missed a lot of development time in the past, uh, but he has rebounded from that. Uh, you know, the defense score is going to be solid. Goaltending with Marc-Andre Fleury is uh, going to be very good. Um, and they do have some depth at that position as well, mm-hmm. which is always nice. Um, so, yeah, all in all, I'm, I'm not, like, wowed by the Wilds lineup, but I think they're going to be, uh, you know, a, a pretty solid team. I, I might not have put them third, but I wouldn't. that was the staff consensus. That's what we got to. And, again, this division was so tight. If they finished fifth, I wouldn't be surprised. If they finished third, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, Heck, they could come second. <laughs> they could come second. Yeah, who knows? So, uh, yeah, for me, I, I, I think Flurry. This is probably his last like good season of hockey mm-hmm. before he becomes like the one B type thing. Sure. This will be his last chance to show what he can do. I think he's like thirty six, thirty seven now. Um, but you know, he's he still looked good at points. Maybe wasn't great in the playoffs, but that was a bit of a wonky series, anyways, that they were in. Um, I'm not a fan of their center depth. Yeah. Uh, which is why I kind of want Rossi to take that next step. And I right. think he could. Um, yeah. The Calder race will be competitive this year, so we'll see what he can do. I, I think, again, Boldy is a huge addition to this team where mm. he kind of started his college career off slowly and then 
totally not anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we, we know what Zuccarello could do. We know what like, they have some known quantity. Um, but Kaprizov there is, they're just like they're living or dying by him. Yeah. But I feel like he could he could be the man to make that work. Yeah, you're looking at a guy with yeah triple digit potential for sure in terms of points. And I would agree with you that when I look at the centers, it's like, uh, you know, like I know Joel Erickson Eck uh, has taken a big step forward, but, you know, they just kind of have a lot of guys down the middle, you know, like looking at this depth chart, Ryan Hartman, Frederick Gaudreau, and then you get into Marco Rossi and Nick Patan. Um, I mean, if you had guys that could support Caprizov and Zuccarello and even Boldy and, and Jordan Greenway to a lesser extent, like how much better would you be? At this point, like, and keep in mind, like Kaprizov, like he was playing with Victor Rask, yeah, well, yeah. at one point. Victor Rask is unsigned right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah, because Kaprizov was the one driving the bus. Um, but yeah, if you could find him somebody that like could line up with his amount of talent, mm-hmm. then you really have something. Yeah, and I would like to that by the end of the season, I'd like to say that Rossi is that guy. Maybe. Uh, and yeah, he did essentially miss a whole season. He's played a bit before Christmas, but he, he like lost so much of that time. Yeah. But then he had a full season last year. Yeah. So, he, so he's back on track now where it's like maybe, you know, normally we would have expected Rossi to be an impact rookie last year because of, you know, his COVID experiences. Now we can say, okay, this year. Last year, like he, he I, I fully expected him to be a top five Calder finalist than obviously yeah. played in the AHL it's but he was time. he's good in the AHL he so, certainly was so I, I think he'll, his time will come so what is that related to your X Factor yeah you know what I, let's call that the X Factor sure, sure. Like rookies in general oh not rookies but you know the young prospects in general you know how much of an impact can Marco Rossi have you know can Matt Boldy take another step forward um, after being very impressive last year Again, you know, offense has always been a problem for Minnesota, and Kaprizov has been most of the answer so far, but you don't want him to do it by himself. Yeah, my X factors relate to that. It's basically just getting the proper support cast to step up mm-hmm. because they got the team. We know what they're going to have. It, it's finding those guys that will push this team to potentially overtake St. Louis uh, in the standings yeah. or at least fend off Nashville, Dallas, Winnipeg, and those teams. Speaking of the St. Louis Blues, it feels like forever ago they won the Stanley Cup. It's true. wasn't that wasn't even that long ago. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. So it wasn't actually that long ago, but it feels like it because we've you know had a world pandemic in the middle of exactly. it, and uh, a lot has changed in in sports and how and everything like that. And um, but yeah, the St. Louis Blues, and we do expect them once again to be a contender. And um, I that that series against Colorado was a lot of fun. It was a lot of memories of that one. Um, of course, the 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 reason they didn't like Colorado uh, was Kadri. Kadri's gone. But that was that was fun to see that little rivalry. Uh, it's too bad we didn't get to see Bennington that whole series. Yeah. That would have been good. I feel like he would have got into a fight. Oh yeah. Uh, I was disappointed we didn't get that with Edmonton and Calgary if a goalie fight. But I feel like it. Uh, this is a team that like just naming off some of the guys they have: Ryan O'Reilly, they got Jordan Cairo, they've got Robert Thomas, Vladimir Tarasenko, Brandon Saad, Braden Shen's still pretty good. Uh, Perenko, Falk, they got Bennington, uh, Thomas Grice. This isn't a bad team. This is a very solid team. What do you like about this group? Well, you know, looking at that roster, they're almost like a supercharged version of Dallas where they have the veterans yeah. like O'Reilly and Tarasenko. But they're actually good. <laughs> but they're actually good. And then they have that new wave of youth that are probably even a little bit 
ahead of, well, I would say on par because Jason Robertson had an amazing season. But, you know, you look at Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, and, I mean, they were spectacular mm-hmm. last year. So, you know, you have a lot of depth. You have a lot of experience. You know, you've, you've still got a bunch of the cup winners on that roster. So you have guys who know how to win. Um, you know, you, you, on paper, the defense is still really solid. I'd love to see Scott Perinovich mm-hmm. take the next step because he, he was an amazing college player. And I know he had some injury issues after that. Um, but I think his pro career is, you know, just beginning. Um, so, yeah, in terms of likes, especially up front, they just come at you in waves. Mm-hmm. And I think they um, have really been built the right way by GM Doug Armstrong, where you have that great mix of youth and experience. And this is a team that uh, they didn't go out and make any major splashes in free agency. I'd say maybe Thomas Grice was the biggest. Mm-hmm. Noel Chari, not a bad uh, fourth-line center potential. For sure. Uh, but, like, they lost David Perron probably for a few weeks until they trade him back. Yeah, exactly. But uh, they this is still a team that looks kind of similar to last year. They they gave Colorado the basically the hardest challenge they had for sure until Tampa in the final, which you would expect. Yeah. So that alone should give the Blues some confidence. Yeah, sure, you lost that series, but you lost to the defending Stanley Cup champ or mm. like the guys who went on to win the Cup championship. So and their team still looks pretty similar to that. That's good. And you're going to continue to look for Cairo and, and Thomas getting to show them what they're doing to build on their success last year and and kind of see where that takes you. Uh, and if I'm looking at maybe the biggest question mark is again, just going down to who steps up in the in the depth of this team. Uh, like obviously, Bra- if, if Brandon Shen's your third line center, that's a pretty good thing. It's pretty hot. That makes it. Solid. Uh, I, I'm, I'm confident in their defense. Not a fun defense to play against. Uh, the, that's the thing about this. One of the themes here in this division is that defense are tough to play against. Totally. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, for there, there isn't a ton of crazy issues here with this group. It's like, like if I, I'm, I feel like I'm stretching saying they're, they're bottom six scoring. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I guess the only thing I would say is, like, their defense last year when Tory Krug was out kind of suffered a bit. Yeah. Um, so don't get hurt, Toku. Yeah, don't get hurt. Uh, so I'd like to see a little more cohesion there, but on paper, they certainly have the guys to do it, so there's no worry there. Really, it's just about execution at this point. And also, when, when if Bennington isn't playing well, if he gets hurt, it's Thomas Grice. Can he do what Billy Huso did? I don't think so. Right. But Billy Huso also just kind of came out of nowhere last year. Like, Well, not really. He was he was in, in the system for a while, but like yeah. he, he kind of just took that opportunity so well and did such a great job with it that I don't think anyone kind of saw that the way he did it. For sure. Um, Thomas Grice is much older, but uh, I think that you want him to – he's been good in spurts in his career. Detroit last year wasn't great, but he played for Detroit. When he's on the Islanders, he was still putting up some pretty good seasons there. Uh, So I think that he'll have to to really step up here. But, yeah. For me, the X factor – I was going to say Bennington, but it's the next question is Tarasenko mm-hmm. uh, because there was all the rumors about well, the month rumors where he like requested a trade, he wanted out, and then he re- basically rescinded the trade. And now I was like, well, he actually played the whole season, so there's still questions surrounding that. But um, if he's there, I think like he he's healthy, he's good, he's playing again. Like that's mm-hmm. all you could ask for, really. Yeah. I actually will go with Jordan Bennington as my X factor. And again, you know, it's a pretty high floor here, but if he can get back to sort of that Stanley cup run form, then St. Louis is going to be, you know, quite the force to reckon with, especially in the playoffs where, you know, they'll probably have to have a rematch with Colorado at some point. 
Um, so I think this team goes as far as Bennington can take them, even though they have so much other talent. Yeah, so like for that, it's like Bennington didn't – he wasn't channeling his cup winning form in the playoffs necessarily last year, but like yeah. he was really good Yeah, and was winning his team games and probably would have been the best goalie in that series had he stayed healthy. Yeah. And that was kind of a shame we didn't get to see that because, again, the rivalry was kind of fun. Yeah. The last team. The Colorado Avalanche. Yes. They won the Stanley Cup. It's pretty good. Breaking news. Yep. Uh, but their team looks a little different than they did last uh, mm-hmm. last season. Darcy Kemper's gone. Um, Nazem Kadri's gone. Uh, Burakovsky's gone. Mm-hmm. So they're missing some really key pieces. Uh, they did bring in Evan Rodriguez. They brought in Alexander Georgiev, who was um, at one point a pretty highly sought-after goalie. True. Um, I can't say they're a better team than they were last year, but they're still the Colorado Avalanche. They still have yeah. Nathan McKinnon. They still have Kale McCarr, blah, blah, blah. They still got some of the best players in the league. What do you like about this group? Yeah, I mean, the experience obviously helps, but, yeah, the high-end elements of Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, obviously Valerie Nachushkin was huge for them in that playoff run. Kale McCarr, like, I, I think I, I agree with you. I don't think overall they're as good as they were last year, but I think the defense core might actually be better yep. because – you know, Devon Taves will be held, you know, Devon Taves and Kale McCarr, obviously a great pairing. Samuel Girard will be healthy. Mm-hmm. Bowen Byram had, you know, his coming out party in the playoffs. So yes. he's got a bunch of confidence heading into the season. So now you have yet another dynamic puck mover on the back end. You know, Josh Manson comes back and he was solid for them in, the, in that playoff run. Um, so in terms of the defense score, you know, they didn't have Girard during the playoffs or at least most of the playoffs. Uh, he's back now, and you get an even better Bowen Byram. So, to me, um, yeah, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, the, like we're we're talking about them not being as good of a team, but they're still they're still the Colorado Avalanche. Totally. Um, for me, the weakness isn't it. Yeah. Because uh, obviously their defense is really good, and their their depth, like they made Darren Helm a superstar in those playoffs, and Andrew Cogliano was so good. So it's like they, I'm not too worried about that. It's their goaltending. you got two goalies that are not proven starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgiev, who, uh, you know, he's shown some promise. He uh, can steal a game. He can steal a game, and you need him to do that a little, maybe, maybe not as much as he did in the Rangers. Yeah. He did get exposed last year, though, because yeah. uh, considering his goalie partner was the Vesna Trophy winner. Right. That's not fair. But uh, look, with, uh, with Georgiev, this is a good opportunity for him. His first real chance at being a starter, and you don't have the looming presence, at least early in his career, of, oh, sometimes just everything's coming. Yeah, totally. And then he came, and it's like, oops, okay, bye. Yeah. Uh, and then in Francois' case, um, you know, maybe not the greatest stats in that series against Edmonton, but he sh- basically, well, he, they won four games. He had a shutout. He had a shutout. He, he, he did it enough yeah. uh, against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl as a mm. backup goalie. So yeah. that's that's pretty good. Um, but they, you just need one of those guys to step up. Or if, if it's a 1A, 1B and they're both good, fine. You don't probably need to steal games often. With no, it's average. true. And I think that's what we saw in the playoffs last year. You know, Because obviously Darcy Kemper... Uh, you know, he got hurt, came back, wasn't really 100% from the sounds of it in terms of his eye, but still played well enough for them to win. Uh, and then, of course, Frank Soz, uh, you know, picked up the slack when Kemper was hurt. Um, you know, is it the best strategy to try to repeat as Stanley Cup champions with two guys that are essentially <laughs> backup goalies? Maybe not. But you can only do so much with, you know, the, the salary cap you have. And, you know, you have all these high-end players um so 
Yeah, I mean, if anybody can do it, it's Colorado. But I, I feel they're playing with fire a little bit. What was Colorado's biggest question mark heading in the last season? Yeah, I guess it was goaltending. So it worked out. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah, that's that's the X factor for sure. Goaltending, got to get it done. And uh, I, I still expect Colorado to play for the Cup again. Yeah, or, I think you got to pencil them in for at least the semifinal. And I think you know it probably comes down to Colorado and Edmonton. Um, toss in St. Louis there, maybe Calgary as well as teams to watch out for. But yeah, still top tier. Um, and I would say, you know, Alex Newhook, kind of an X factor for me as well with Kadri gone, just their depth down the middle takes obviously a big hit. But, you know, if Alex Newhook can step up, then that sort of lessens the burden there. And I believe he can. There you go. People from Newfoundland would be really thrilled if he did. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. That's the Central Division. So, you know what time it is. It's rapid fire time. It is. All right. I'm hosting this time. Okay, currently, what is your personal pump-up song? When you need to get yourself hyped up, what song do you think of? Oh, okay, uh, ever since the World Juniors, it's definitely the, um, the Top Gun theme song. Oh. Which is funny because I haven't seen the movie. Kenny but, Loggins. Uh, it's, in the Danger Zone. No, 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 not that one. Oh, the, no, that the, one? It was the one that they used um, during the World Juniors. They had, uh, uh, it was it's just called Top Gun theme. Oh, it's the okay. one they when they were showing all the countries and stuff. Oh, gotcha. And it gets really epic, but then it ends really slowly for some reason. Uh-huh. And uh, I was talking to Chris Peters there, and he was like, man, it's such a great build-up to just go, mm, <laughs> And it's like, yeah, but no, I like this song. It's so epic. It makes you feel important. There you go. For me, it's uh, Cenotaph by Bolt Thrower, okay. the old war metal band. Okay, I like that. Uh, just a huge drum song. Yep. Cannot recommend it enough. And it just and it, it fades in with helicopter bass drum. Nice. So and, and, and really good chug. So that's my pump-up song right now. Gets me going. Good. I like it. All right. Next question. This year's Vesna Trophy winner, Russian or not? Russian, and it's going to be all three candidates. Are going to be Russian. Who's the third? Sorokin. Uh, yeah, he, he's my pick. Bold. Yeah, I like it. So look at Sorokin's numbers last year. Yeah, yeah, fair. Okay, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to say yeah, it's probably it's probably going to be Shosturkin again. That that would be my favorite leading in, uh, unless Vasilevsky goes on a bit of a I lost the Stanley Cup revenge tour. Um, <laughs> but I will also say my dark horse would be Jake Ottinger. Okay. I think he would have the, you know, like he'll get the starts to do it. And if, if he can get enough wins with Dallas and, and obviously play up to uh, snuff, then he could be in there. But I'm still going to say. We, we talked Russia recently goal. about the Canada's World Cup of Hockey goalies. Now, yeah. if Russia was in the World Cup, we don't know what their situation is going to be for the World Cup. That's a good point. That's unfair. <laughs> They'd be stacked. Sorokin yeah. could be their third goalie. Yeah, but he'd also have to be their third defenseman. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's their problem. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, what video game are you most invested in right now? Uh, well, I, I got to go with the one that I've probably been the most invested in for 10 years straight. iRacing, because uh, we've now got a my, my team. We've got a driver going for the NASCAR College Championship, and if he wins, he wins uh, a scholarship. Mm. So we're working a lot with him, and we got a 10-hour race coming up. If I'm looking outside of that, uh, I'd say I very much enjoyed Skyrim in VR. Oh, okay. Because uh, I'm playing a lot of VR. I found a VR goalie game. Yes, nice. I haven't played it yet. But uh, uh, Skyrim, do you know anything about that game? No. It was, like, it was like one of the biggest games like about 10 years ago. I've heard of it. It came out for PS3. It's kind of like a big adventure like RPG game. Gotcha. But in VR, it's really cool. Yeah, I can so. imagine. 
All right. Right now for me, it's MLB The Show. I'm playing as the Toronto Blue Jays. Got some injury troubles. Bo Bichette's been out for a while. I just lost Matt Chapman. Uh, so my infield's a bit of a mess. But uh, my record's still great. I did the home run derby the other night. Mm-hmm. That was kind of fun. Not as fun as you would expect, I'll admit. But uh, I'm very invested in that. I actually know more about baseball thanks to my video game than I do in like in real life now when I see baseball highlights. I'm like, oh, I know that guy. We That's the point, though. That's kind of what the idea is. Like, totally. I, part, of, part of the reason why I got invested in prospects was NHL 2004 trying to find out who the heck mm. Mike Ribeiro was. There you go. And Mike Commissarek. And unfortunately, you found out. Um, <laughs> next question. What is your favorite major junior city? Cool. Like, like, like in terms of visiting. Ah. You, it, can, it can be because hmm. of the rink. It can be the city itself. I love the, I love the rink in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to include because I the Calgary Hitman games I went to were really fun, but I don't want to count that because that's an NHL rink in mm. NHL city. Ah, you know, I, London's a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed my time in Kitchener though. Kitchener's a great one. Kitchener was good. Um, they got the beer nuts there. You know, I'm gonna go. F- oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with London. Nice, nice. I'm going to go with Portland uh, in WHL uh, because I love the city of Portland and their new jerseys look awesome because they got yeah, the yeah. hawk on the front and now they're going like sort of Kraken colors. Yeah. Looks, it's going to look so hot on a hat. I'm very excited about that. Final question. What is your favorite new TV show? Like the last TV show you got in, the most recent TV show you got into. Okay, so it doesn't have to be new. No. Um, I want to say Scandal. Uh, I just finished that not long ago. I'm now watching Daredevil for the second time because I watched nice. season one and then I forgot about it. Oh, wow. So now rewatching it because nice. I know there, he'll be tied in a bit more and there's a new season coming up. Yes. So I'm going to go Daredevil. Yeah. Nice. Okay. For me, it's Reservation Dogs, okay. which uh, almost finished season one, but I love shows that take you into like a world and community that I didn't know much about. It's about, you know, uh, native teenagers living in rural Oklahoma. It's very funny. <laughs> really random. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really funny. And like lots of cool, just like looks into like their world. And then it sort of, you know, it splinters off. So you meet different characters and like the sort of supporting characters will get more of a shine on certain episodes. Um, the, uh, the music they play, just like the songs they choose are awesome. And uh, Taika Waititi is an executive producer on it. Uh, so I highly recommend Reservation Dogs. Okay, I'm changing my mind. Actually, I'm going to go with uh, Only Murders in the Building. Oh, that, I haven't seen that? Oh, it's awesome. I've heard it's, good things. It's really good. Uh, at first couple, It's a show about a podcast that they made up on the show. Like That's yeah. such a weird concept. But all the names on it are big. And all mm. the guest stars are big. Nice. Uh, like Sting is in it. I hate his band. Uh, Amy Schumer's in it. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, like the main cast, uh, Selena Gomez and uh, Martin, Martin Short. Short Steve, yeah. yeah. So it's a really it's a really good show. So nice, uh, nice. I recommend it to everybody. I don't remember. I think it's Disney Plus. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, think, I, I think you're right. I completely legally watch it, yes. Um, all right. That's it for, that's this it for Rapid Fire. Perfect. All oh, right. Yeah. That's it. So thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode. Of course, we got two more division previews to come and you'll see those soon so thank you for watching listening thank you to sherwood thank you to ben mgm wherever their logo is above us and we'll talk to you guys again soon